Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa is pleased to present to you this lecture, entitled, What Have You Done for the Deen of Allah? by Walid Basuni. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Taqaddasat Asma'uh. وعلت صفاته وجلت أفعاله عن كل شبيه ولد لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له أشهد أنه واحد في إلهيته واحد في ربوبيته متفرد بأسمائه وصفاته والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أجمعين وبعد أيها الإخوة المسلمون Dear brothers and sisters in Islam Today our subject or the lecture or the talk I should give it's about what we did for our deen ماذا قدمنا لدين الله before we go in this before we talking about what we did for our deen we should you can close it now until telling Before we start talking about this, I would like to remind myself and you, brother and sisters, what this deen did for us. What's the meaning of being Muslim? Usually when we're people talking about what's the meaning to being Muslim, they talk about what you should offer. But today, I would like to remind myself and you, all of you, this great ni'mah, blessing from Allah, that He give us the hidayah, that He let us among the mu'mineen. First of all, do you remember, brothers and sisters, that when you are a Muslim, that means Allah loves you? Because Allah, He loves the mu'mineen. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا He loves them. Since you became Muslim, mu'min, that means Allah loves you. Because the kafir, Allah, He didn't like the kuffar. He didn't like them. He disliked them. يَبْغَضُهُمْ He is anger of them. Do you remember? Since you became Muslim, that means you got a guarantee, promise. A promise. It's a guarantee from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will never be among the mukhalladeen in the, in the hellfire. Mukhalladeen, the people who will stay in the hellfire forever. You are not among us. Since you are a Muslim, that means you have been promised the Jannah. And I know, everyone knows what this Jannah is. Do you know, brothers and sisters, that you are the only people in this land, this time, they know their God, they know Allah. Do you think Christian know who is Allah? Do you think Jewish they know who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They know God has son, and Allah has not. He hasn't. They know God get tired and sick, change his mind. He became sorry about what he did. 
Allah, in fact, is not like this. Their God, their Ilah, their Allah, isn't like a human being. He was sent down to the earth, or part of him was sent down to the earth. He was slapped, he was put in the cross, he was bleeding, he was a baby, he was eating, he was going to the toilet. He's a human being. Not God. It's not our Lord. It's not our Ilah. So you are the only one. Know Him. And this is very special for you as a Muslim that you know that one of His name is Ar-Rahman or Ar-Rahim or Al-Ghafoor Al-Aziz Al-Hakim the one you read in the Quran. No one knows these names except you. No one knows what Allah is like and what He dislikes except you. Because you got this from the Quran, from the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Since you became Muslim, or since you are a Muslim, Alhamdulillah, that means you know who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know who's the messenger. You know his sunnah. You are in the same way which the Prophet Muhammad used to be. You are following his steps. And this is really very, very special. People, yes. And also, you are the only one Muslims, dear brothers and sisters, the only one know who is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Umar, Uthman, Ali, the righteous people. You contain their seerah. You know about their lives. Today, you read about them. You, like, you feel like you are living with them, if you are reading about them. End of the day of judgment... You will campaign them, inshallah, in the Jannah. Who, who can have this? You know the kuffar, they're going to campaign Abu Jahl, Arun, Shaytan. But you, your companion in the Jannah, the prophets, the righteous people. You are in the same track, you are the same way, the same road. Do you ever think, think, thought about this? That you are in a line, in the head of this line, the prophet, and you are in this line. And there's a lot of line. The guides who guide the other lines in the, in the front, Abu Jahl, Shaytan, the Kuffar, Qarun, Fir'aun, Haman, the people of Lut, you see the difference? Even if you are not that good Muslim, you're still in this line with those people. Do you ever think about this? Do you ever think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for you, He sent the Quran and Sunnah, He sent messengers, He guided those righteous people like Salaf al-Salih al-Bala'i, all of that to show you His deen. It's for you as a Muslim. He make all this color to save the deen up to this day, just to take it a pure religion. It's for you, brothers and sisters. It's for us, as a Muslims. The deen, the religion give you the freedom. Some people say, oh, I don't know. Is really the religion give us freedom? Well, we are not free. When one of the Sahaba went to the, one of the Kuffar's leader, he said, we came to free the people. Free them from what? As Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, هَرَبُوا مِنَ الرِّقِّ الَّذِي خُلِقُوا لَهُ فَبُلُوا بِرِقِّ النَّفْسِ وَالشَّيْطَانِ The people run away. From being a slave of Allah, 
then they tend to be slaves of their own desires, or they slave for the shaitan. It's like this, brothers and sisters. You are slave for Allah or slave for the shaitan. It's not a choice. Because if you are obeying Allah, you are a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you obey your desires, the shaitan's whisper, you are a slave for him. You following him. That's what Allah said in the Quran. أَفَتَتَّخِذُونَهُ وَذُرِّيَّتَهُ أَوْلِيَاءَ And the one the day of judgment, he will tell the kuffar, he will tell the, mis- the people who was misguided, he will tell them. That Allah, he will tell them. And warn them. أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُ الشَّيْطَانِ did I tell you, don't worship the shaitan? The Mufassirin said, worship shaitan here means obey the shaitan. Because you have something called shirk ta'ah. There's a shirk, commit shirk in ta'ah, obeying other. And shaitan is the day of judgment. Don't blame me. Don't tell me that I did that or this to you. No. Blame yourself. I just ask you to follow me and you did. I had no rights on you. No power on you. I was only whispering. Asking you to follow me. So, the deen came to take you, to free you. Free you from of the shaitan. From desires. To make you free. You are only obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One sister once told me, I used to work, I used to design the fashion. I am one of the one who make the fashions. Like fashion show for women, dressing. She said, I was very famous. She's a Muslim. She's from Muslim country. She has a PhD in this field. I don't know for what. Maybe she designed some socks or hats or something. It's a BHD. Anyway, she said she's so educated. One day she was reading about hijab. She said, I swear by Allah, I only found freedom in hijab. She said, if the woman go outside almost naked, she said, she's a free, I'm free, you know, free girl, free woman, you know, like, oh, it's free. That's right. She won't be free. Free it means wear shorts, wear whatever she likes. She said, don't think that's free. No, she, she has no freedom. You know what? She told me, wallahi, brother, wallahi, sheikh, we were designing the clothes for a woman in a way, the man like it. How the man will like the woman's looks like, we design, we design the clothes for them. Not for her own self. Not for her, how she like it. No. We design to show the parts the man likes more. And cover the parts the men they don't like to see. She was not free. I, we, was, we were not free. We were doing whatever men want. Whatever shaitan wants. We're doing whatever attract people. It wasn't freedom. She said, what? You know what? When I wear hijab, I don't care about other who looks at me. Because whatever, nobody has nothing to do with me. Whatever I like to wear, I will wear it under my hijab. It's for me. It's for my husband. It's for myself. Not for others. And the deen is a freedom. Do you think the people who are running behind the money, they all have freedom? Who has a lot of money, they have freedom? No. The kings, do you think they have freedom? No. They have to follow some political, political ways, etiquettes. They have to follow, they cannot. Get out of it. 
so? The Deen gives you the freedom. Make you a human being. The, the Deen, the religion, answer for you the most important questions, which is the natural questions. Where I get, came from? What will happen to me in the future? Why Allah has been created? Once I asked one soldier, I met him in one country, from Marines. I told him, what's the benefit from يعني, having you in this life? What's the benefit from having you in this life? Why you are alive? He said, just to enjoy the life. I said, just to know the benefit from يعني, creating you. Why? Why Allah create you? Why the God create you? He said, um, to help the children. I said, you do? He said, no. I said, okay. Yani this, he created you only to help the children? He said, really, there is nothing. There is no benefit, real benefit. Just, you do whatever you think it's good or right. I said, yani, the God who create this world with the very, يعني, in a very, very special way, everything has wisdom. Even in your body, if you look at your body, how he create the eye, the, the mouth, you know. Just to, as Allah said in the Quran to Kuffar once, what you think your life be looks like if Allah make your face here, oops, and he turn your face on the back side. Just imagine your face, your eyes is on the end of your head. Just imagine how you will walk. Just, just think about that. How you can walk, how you can eat. I believe, and you arm until you reach the mouth. If your eyes there, you see, it's, it's wisdom that he puts his eyes, mouth, nose, earring, face. In the front, you know, how to walk. If your knee is like a bow, you will never be able to go upstairs. Because since you try to move, you will make full circle. You will be circling. You cannot walk. But he created it in a special way. He designed it in a special way. It's full of wisdom. So after all of this wisdom, he just created you for nothing. It makes sense. Any Christian has not nothing. He said, to believe in Jesus. So what? What's the end? As he was coming to fight and he said, okay, the man you fight, is he now believing in Jesus? And he's a killer. And he passed away. He will go to paradise. He said, yes. And the one who was killed, he will go to the paradise. Yes. This unjust. It's not just. doesn't make sense. Just he believed. It's a, just the word believe. And do whatever you want. That doesn't make sense. So he said, I don't know. I think I don't have any benefit from having me in this life. I said, subhanAllah. Now, your shoes, there's a benefit from it? He said, yes, it will save my food from the heat of the earth and it saved me safety. SubhanAllah, your shoes has a benefit. And you don't have any benefit from your body? Any, there's nothing to do with this life? That's not, doesn't make sense, ya bro. So, Dean give you this answers. Why Allah created us? For to worship Him. Where we will go? There's a day of judgment. If the Dean give you all this and more and more, do you have ever thought, or do you think, what I did for my religion? The one that this religion gave you all this thing. What he did for him? Allah is not waiting us to pay him or to give him something. No. Whatever you offer the good deeds, it's for yourself. And you will see the reward for it in the Day of Judgment. Seven years. Seven years, the Prophet ﷺ and his companions suffered 
from the Jew in Medina. Seven years, the Jew tried to destroy this a new Muslim's country. The new Muslim's town in Medina. New Muslim's government in Medina. They tried everything. They tried to kill him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They tried to start trial fitna between the Muslims. They tried to make deals with the kuffar so they can attack the Muslims. They support the hypocrites. They start everything. Seven years, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, suffering from them. He went outside of Medina. Toward one of the Jews' city. Full of money. Full of farms. Gold. Foods. They went out from Medina. They are poor. They couldn't find enough clothes to cover themselves. Good. They couldn't have food to eat. Thirst. Hungry. They used to eat one date. He suck it and he pass it to the other. And he will do the same. He just will take the sweet from it. And maybe three or four eat one date. Very poor. Very hungry. There's no food. No drink. No horse, no ride. Walking to this city. And this city was closed on a lot of money. A lot of food. A power. And they are this feeling in their hearts. They've been suffered from the Jew a long time. Until the Prophet ﷺ reached Khaybar. With his companions. He surround Khaybar. Then he gave his order to Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. I'm wondering, thinking, expecting what he will ask him. What he will order the Muslim to do. What do you think? It's the time for revenge. It's the time for taking this power from them. Taking the money. Taking the food. Eat. Drink. Have a new clothes. Have a lot of money. A lot of horses, camels, cattle. Ya Ali, unfud ala rislik. Hatta tanzila bisahatihim. Thummad'uhum ila al-Islam. Wa akhbirhum bihaq Allah alayhim. Wa akhbirhum bihaq Allah alayhim. Fawallahi. لأن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من حمر النعم يا علي go go to them go with your people then when you reach there there is a negotiation. Start talking. Ask them to enter to Islam. Tell them to become Muslim. Give them da'wah. Tell them what they should do. What they should believe. Tell them that Allah has right on them. That they should worship him only. They should become Muslim. Ya Ali, remember 
that if one person accepts Islam, it's better from all of this wealth When he sent his soldiers, they were not thinking about money. He was thinking, he was not thinking about power. He was not thinking about extending the land. He was not thinking about food or cattle. No. He was thinking about how he guided people to Islam. It's better than any wealth. And they give example of some kind of cattle, red camels, which is the, the most expensive kind of camels. And he meant, sallam, the wealth, the money. All of this, with all of these things, they suffering from the Jew. They are the Jew who killed the prophets who tried to kill our beloved Muhammad the one who cheated the Muslims, the one who tried to the one who cheated the Muslims, the one who tried to stop fitna in Medina, and with all of this, he said, Salam, ask them to become Muslims. It's better for us if we have them as a Muslim's brothers. He wasn't looking for revenge. He was not thinking about power or money. He was thinking about da'wah. About what he should, how he should deliver this message to others. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Therefore, he was sallallahu alayhi wa sallam going to check the people when they die, when they are dying. If he hear there's somebody dying, he will run to him. Ask him to become Muslims. He's going to die, he's going to pass away in a couple of minutes or hours. What he will get benefit from having him Muslim? He wasn't looking at this as a material thing. He was not looking for this as something he, he wants a huge number of followers or people or money. No, no, no. He went to his uncle while he's dying. He said, my uncle, say la ilaha illallah. So I can ask Allah, make intercession for you. He said, he was going to say la ilaha illallah. You look the bad companion, his, his companion Abu Jahl, his friend, a bad friend what he does. He said, oh, that means if you became Muslim, all of your family, they are kuffar and they're going to go to the hellfire. Your people, they will be going to the hellfire. Do you want that? Do you like to insult your people? You will be happy? He said, no, 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 I don't want that. He didn't accept Islam and he died as a Catholic. Once he heard about a little boy, young man, a Jew, teenager. He is sick and he was going to die, passed away. When he heard that, he ran to his house as a Sunan Abi Dawood. The Sahaba said, Oh Allah, we were running behind him. We reach this Jew boy while he dying. The Prophet tell him, accept Islam. He look at his father with this weak look. He said, my father, he said, obey Muhammad. He always asked people to do a good things. Obey him. He said, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah. Then, then what? Then he passed away. Then he died. The Prophet ﷺ went out and his tear comes out. Crying. Saying, Alhamdulillah that Allah saved him from the fire. Alhamdulillah that I 
was able to save him from the hellfire. The thing was, hurts Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so much, the things was, hurts his heart so much, when somebody rejects his deen, rejects his da'wah, when somebody turn his back to him, and he don't want to listen, the thing it will affect him, it will make him sorry, sad, when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he couldn't hold somebody tight from throwing himself on the hellfire. This is the thing that hurts him mostly. One day he was asked sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is the hardest day, the worst day you have ever had in your life? Ya Rasulullah, what is the worst, the hardest day you have ever had in your life? Do you think it was the day when he was praying in Mecca alone, where there is no Muslims yet? Except a few of Muslims, a weak people, women. Then, while he making sujood, the kuffar, Abu Jahl, came laughing. And, he put on his back, he put on the Prophet's back, a camel's blood and the skin and the camel's stomach. He threw it above him. Why he making sujood? Laughing and the kuffar making fun of him. And he is lonely, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Do you think that was the worst moment? And no one can help him except his little daughter, Fatima, came to take off this things and clean her father's back. Do you think that worst day, or when he was in Shab Abi Amr, in the valley of Abi Amr, was no food when the kuffar put all the Muslims there. There's no food, no drink. They used to eat the tree. They used to eat the bugs. No food. They all must die. It's the worst day. When he lost his companion, his best friend, his uncle Hamza was killed in front of him. When he watched them dying in Uhud, the people he loved, the people they fought with him. Do you think this was the hardest moment? When he was injured, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was bleeding from his cheek. And his teeth was broken, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Uhud. Do you think the worst day in his life was these, those days? Do you think his worst day was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when his wife or his son passed away, Ibrahim or Khadija? Ya Rasulullah, what's the worst day? What's the hardest day? No. The answer is no. Not all of this. None of these days. So what's the hardest things? What the things make that day very special? Very hard on him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The answer comes from his. From him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he went to Ta'if, a Ta'if, tried to plant this Islam in the new land. He went there asking people to accept the da'wah so he can start from a new land. After 
He saw there is no chance to give to start the Mecca. And they answer him by the worst answer. They reject him badly. They stone him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and let the kids running behind him, stoning him, insulting him. And he went outside of five, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, sorry, not for what happened for him. No, no. He will say why I'm saying no. He went outside, Sadly, he left the Taif sad and sorry. He found himself, he said, I found myself at Jamrat al-Aqaba al-Kubra in the Masharif Mecca. He found himself suddenly walking like this. Suddenly he found himself in Jamrat al-Aqaba more than 50 kilometers walking. He couldn't realize what he was doing. He couldn't remember distance. Then, as in some narrations, even if it's not that strong narrations, he made a dua for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking his help, seeking his forgiveness. Then Jibreel came. Said, Ya Rasulullah, as this is authentic. يا رسول الله قد سمع الله شكايتك. Allah heard what you said, what you asked for. Allah saw what they have done to you. And He sent with me the angel of mountains. Give Him order so He will destroy this village in no time. If He was sad, if he was angry, if he was looking for something for himself, the answer it will be yes. Destroyed them. But he was not sad for that. He was not sorry for that. He was not unhappy for that. The thing make him his heart sad. Sorry. That he didn't accept the da'wah. That means they will be kuffar. That means they will not be able to survive. So, no. Don't do it. Don't destroy them. Ya Rasulullah, they will not become Muslim. They will still kuffar. Yes, even though. Even though. If they will be careful, don't destroy them. Why? He said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make from the next generation some mu'mins. Their sons, their children, they might become Muslims. Even if they didn't convert to Islam, even if they didn't accept Islam now, maybe their sons they will be. He was looking so far. He will never give up, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ilaha illallah. What a great heart. What a great prophet we had, sallallahu alayhi wa Then, look at his life. All of his life, his main concern is how to deliver this middin to others. As Muslims, they teaching them, or non-Muslims to deliver the da'wah. And we have been ordered clearly in the Qur'an to copy him, to take him as a role model. And one of the things we should do, that we should consider this da'wah. Think about it. Give it to us, to Allah. Deliver it. As he used to do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Last moments in his life. Last moments in his life. When his body was weak. When his sound was soft. When he lost the power. It's 
not that strong body anymore. It's not that strong body anymore. It's weak. He's going to leave this dunya. He's dying, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And with this, he was saying, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah, Allah, as-salata wa ma malakat aymanukum. He reminded Muslims about salat. Remind Muslims about tawheed. He warned Muslims from shirk, from imitating kuffar, to take care or to be kind to the people under you, like slaves. He reminded the Muslims about that, people under you like also wives, your children. He reminded Muslims about these things in his last moment. And his companion, they were the same. To end this lecture, I'll give you three examples. Two of them from the Sahaba and one is after Sahaba, after that long, long time. Look at Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Once, he saw a little man. He's a little, his body is little. His foot is small. Very little man. Do you know what he said, radiallahu He said, hey, a brother, I can tell you have a small foot. I'm sure, I'm sure, good chance for them to have a space in Jannah. Since your foot is small, I'm sure Jannah is so wide, so you'll get a chance to have them in Jannah. So brother, try to get this, see a nice word, a nice way, special in Arabic. يا ابن أخي إني لا أرى قدمي فغطيني ولن تعدم لهما مكانا في الجنة. It's very easy for a person like you, it's little. He can get some. He can fit in anywhere in the Jannah. So try. Just you need a little walk more, and you will be able to go there. Nice way. They use any kind of a good way to deliver the da'wah. Any chance, he will deliver the message. Umar radiallahu Bleeding. The blood comes out from his stomach. Umar radiallahu He's going to leave this dunya. And a young man came. As a Sahih Bukhari. Qala lahu abshir ya Umar. Fahitta Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَاتَ وَهُوَ عَنْكَ رَابٍ وَصَحِبْتَ خَلِيفَةَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَكُنْتَ أَمِيرًا لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ حَكَمْتَ وَعَدَلْتَ وَالْيَوْمَ مَوْتُ شَهَادَةَ هَنِيئًا لَكَ He said, he accept Islam. You complain Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu The Prophet passed away and he is, he likes you, he's, he loves you. And his Khalifa Abu Bakr Siddiq also. And then you became a ruler. You are a just person. You did a very good job. And now you are dying as a shaheed. You are so lucky. And he left. When he left, he saw him. He said, Ruddu alayya al-fatah. Call him back. We call him. He said, Ya ibn akhi. Ya akhi. Oh, ya bunay. Oh, my son. I have seen your thobe is so long. So long. It should be your thobe, not under your ankle. 
put yourself up above your ankle so you will keep yourself clean and you will please your Lord. إِنَّهُ أَنْقَى لِثَوْبِكَ وَأَتْقَى لِرَبِّكَ Wallahi some Muslims today if you tell him any kind of anything sunnah in his tawb, in his face, in his job, in his scar, he will say, Oh, is this the most important thing in this world today to ask me about? Now Muslims in Kosovo, Muslims in Iraq, and you're talking about these issues? Umar is dying. Umar is going to leave this world. And he talk, advised the person about Isbal. See? He never leave, leave any chance. If you see anything, he will, give the, he will give the message. He will deliver the da'wah. To anyone. Their lives and their death, it's for Allah. As Allah said in the Quran, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ The scholars said, the مفسرين قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي لِلَّهِ اسْتِحْقَاقًا وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ امْتِلَاكَ Lam, this literal lamb in Arabic, it has many meanings. It can be istihqaq, which is... Ha, Sheikh Yasser, shouldn't Deserving, and it can be it can mean owns he owns. So he deserves all kind of worship. Salati wa nusuki, my prayer and my nusuk. Nusuk it means it can be mean it means could be nusuk all kind of worship or the sacrifice. So this two, lamb, it, it means, for these two things, it means that he deserves the worship. And my life and my death for him, for here, the lamb, it means he owns my life and he owns my death. This ayah, it contains two kinds of tawheed, and I believe you had this, for the brother who attended to the class of tawheed, he been told that in this ayah it shows you all kinds of tawheed tawheed al-rububiyyah tawheed al-ilahiyyah and tawheed al-asma'i wa-sifat la sharika lah therefore Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab rahimahullah he starts his book with this ayah to show that his book talking about all kinds of tawheed and This the meaning that his life is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His death too for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the way the Sahaba used to be. I don't know if you are... I, I heard that American is not good in geography or history. Is that right? Huh? You didn't study this much. Yani, it's so good in this field. That's right. That's what I heard. But let me to ask you. They said, in the dark ages, dark ages there, not us, we have light ages at that time, which is Islam, but dark ages in Europe. Okay? It's not dark ages, in fact. That's wrong, war or Dark ages for them, when they was confused, a woman is a human being or animal or a part of Satan. Yeah, yeah. That's the, this. The, we were confused. They don't know what woman is. 
and and a lot of things I don't just you can you can go check Walt Durant in the history of civilization Christopher Habara he's one of them just read about what we used to do in Europe that time it's very disgusting things I don't like to say but this is not the point after this this age is they call it dark ages they start discover the new lands you know this words new land they discover a new land and they call it discover a new land for what for the science you think huh they discover a new land for science okay can you put this uh, map please okay this is a class of history it's not exactly but need to put this away a little bit. You see, this is the old world where there's no new land yet. Asia or Asia we call it. Asia I think you call it in English. And this Europe, this Africa. The most powerful country that time was Huh? What's this country? Huh? Spain and the Portugal. Okay. No, don't. So they have a lot of uh, ships and they're the people who discover the new land. After the Muslims, by the way, the Muslims were here in the Jirat al-Arab. They extend to Asia, Asia. They reach here, they reach India, they reach China, here. And they take over China. China, they jizya to the Muslims, turn to Muslims. And the Maghul, the Mongolian people, also, they accept Islam later. So they reach here, you see? And here, the Siberia, where there's nobody there. Tayyip except some kind of people. Uh, here in Africa, the Islam is like this. That's right. Okay. In Europe, in Osmanian's times, they reach here. Or is Italy? They reach here. Rome and Vienna. Here. Austria. Austria, uh-huh. they reach here, you see, and from this side, the Muslims reach 35 kilometers from Paris, they reach Lyon, it's around 35-50 kilometers from Paris, you see, and here, it's the only land left in Europe, then the Kofar, the Christian return back this land. The Muslims here, so close from Morocco to Spain, to come back again. So what they said, they said we have to destroy the Muslims here, so they cannot fight us again, cannot come back again. What we should do, we should go circle them. Okay? Go around them, behind them. They send the first ship here. It goes like this. And there is a very famous battle here in Morocco. They lost. Then they return back. Then they send another ship. They said you have to go a little bit deeper. Go down to Africa. So, they reach here in the middle of the west of Africa, in the Middle West, here, and they found Muslims, and they had very famous another battle there. They lost. Then, they sent a famous troop with that guy, his name, Fasco de Gama, I don't know what, this is a Spanish name, Fasco de Gama, I don't know if this familiar name with you or not. They said he's the one who discovered a road, we call it in Arabic, Ra'sul Raja' al-Salih. 
I don't know what you call it in English. Cable? Cable for good hope. You know why they call it that? Because the hope was reaching land, there is no Muslim in it. This is the hope. They go all the way down. He lost control in this area because first time they went so far. Then he found himself here in Mozambique, Zinjabar, and Madagascar. Here there is a very Muslim, it's a Muslim's country. And he found a man, his name Ahmed ibn Majillan. He's a Muslim. He's very famous in uh, sailor man. He guides them until they reach here, Habasha, the, huh? Abyssinia. And it's a Christian land. I don't have time. I do have the, the letter from the king here. He used to send letters with the king of Spain talking about deal between them how to take over Africa. Because Muslims here, there, there, here, here, here. There's no way. No hope. When they reach this, they said, maybe we got now a new hope that we can take over the Muslims. Then he went to India. And he had a very famous battle. I think he was killed there or something. He lost his ships there when he fought the Muslims. Bring that over. They returned back. They lost. So, they changed the way this time. They said, there's no way to, surrender, to take over the Muslims during our, uh, around Africa. Why we don't go west? So we can come to the Muslims from this area. And they said, St. Columbus, who discovered huh? America, the new lands. Then they sent other one, Magellan. Magellan. He went this way, all the way down, and he went this way, all the way under the South of America. Then he go from this way, where he came, from here to try to find a new land to kill the Muslims, to come take over the Muslims. Where he reached? Philippines. Up to this day, his grave is there. This land, we call it Amanullah. It's a safe from Allah. And there is a very famous Muslim leader there who fought Magellan, and he killed Magellan in the battle. And they defeated him. Then, King Philip, he sent another ship, they took over this land, and they changed it, and they start calling Philippines for King Philip. And they changed Amanullah to Manila. Changes from Amanullah to Manila. And they also came back to Africa and go back to Spain. It's really, I'm just saying that to show you this kind of map. To show you where the Muslims, what the land Muslims reached. But I believe of the Muslims that day like us, we will not be able to to extend from Medina two kilometers. I shall. I'm, I promise some brother. I'm going to give a special lecture about uh, this kind of uh, the discovering the new land with the documents and the reference. Inshallah, in the University of Houston, and also with more maps and details. 
I just found that's a good chance for you. Just to show you when Muslims doing something, when Muslims act, when Muslims offer da'wah, where they reach. See, all the whole world. The all, all whole world. And also, shall I, this will be in the, that lecture, I will talk. I will tell you that there is some documents, documents, history documents saying that center of America, there were Muslims there before the Christians. And there's a lot of evidence, even they found in Mexico, some evidence showing that there's a people came from our country or from Egypt and from other country to Mexico long, long time ago. And this is a special, inshallah, lecture. lecture. Brothers and sisters, we should do something. We should offer da'wah. We should offer da'wah by our behaving, by learning, by teaching others, passing a tape, passing a, a, a booklet, by give a word, Deliver da'wah between us first. Brother, if my brother, my brother, my Muslim's brother, if I advise him, he don't accept the advice. What do you expect from the kafir? No. I know talking about the da'wah and how to deliver the da'wah, it's another issue. But my point, my point today, I want you, when we're ending this program, you learn something. You have to learn to your brothers, your sisters. You learn to your wife your husband. You learn something. You have to give da'wah to others, to the non-Muslims, in a nice way, gentle way. Don't be harsh. And with knowledge. Don't be like this man, he heard Sheikh saying, you have to give da'wah, blah, blah, blah. He says, he is a thief, he is a killer. He nothing, he knows nothing. This first time, to enter the masjid. He heard people talking about da'wah, he said, okay, I only know one Jew guy, I'm going to give him da'wah. He knows nothing, he killer. He said, okay, he went, to this guy, he took him up, he put him down, and he put the gun on his head. He said, hey, you can't be, you became Muslim, we're going to kill you now. This true. He said, okay, how I became Muslim, how I can be Muslim? He said, I don't know, but you have to be Muslim. <laughs> he has nothing, no knowledge. I heard this story once from our Sheikh, Sheikh Al-Bani. So, Yani, without knowledge, you cannot do anything. You might make wrong more than right. So, but also, I'm not saying you have to stay until you became station of Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Daz, or the Sidif knowledge. No. Whatever you know, deliver it. And when you deliver da'wah, it doesn't mean you are Mufti, you are Shaykh al-Islam. If somebody accepts Islam, you tell him about Islam, he became Muslim. It doesn't mean you have to give him fatwa for every single thing. No, he accepts Islam. Please, brother, go to this man. He will teach you. Da'wah is a stations. This is one of the problems we have it here in Da'wah. Because here in America, when people are involved in Da'wah, and mashallah, people accept Islam, he thought that he became mufti. No, it doesn't mean that. Or because people accept Islam from him, that means he's sheikh. No, it doesn't mean that. Imam Masjid doesn't mean he's mufti. Mufti doesn't mean he can be wa'il. Different stations of da'wah. The best above all of it is the scholars. And many different. There is no excuse for anybody. The Prophet said, Even one letter, one ayah, one verse. No excuse. Everyone, he can deliver da'wah. Small, big, old, young, woman, man, he can offer something for this deen. I will now end, inshallah, this lecture. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, guide us and to uh, forgive our sins. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العلي العظيم سبحانك الله وحمدك شد الله لا إله إلا أنت صورك توليك أو الله صلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyal, 
1457, Saudi Arabia. Phone 445-4900. Also 491-6065. Fax 497-0126. If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh